I'm Eitan Weinstein. And I'm Naor Menninger. And you're listening to Two Nice Jewish Boys. This podcast is made in collaboration with The Jewish Journal. Some of the biggest global companies stem from this region. From Mobileye Checkpoint and Mellanox to Wix, Waze, and Lemonade, Israel is not only on a global level, but at the top of tech innovation. But it's not only the big companies, the ones that reach the headlines and sell for billions of dollars that call this country home. There is an ecosystem of thousands of innovative companies like Flytrek, Flytrex, which does drone delivery, and whose CEO, Yariv Bash, we interviewed back in episode 92, or Zikit, which is disrupting the fashion industry by allowing you to virtually try on clothes online before buying them. Of course, there's also the dark side of Israeli t- startup scene, which today we can sum up in two words, we work. We'll also get to that. To talk about all this, we're joined today by a really exciting guest. Born in New York City, living now in Gush Etzion, and consulting for some of Israel's fastest growing startups, Hillel Fould is one of the most influential tech vloggers in Israel, and even in the world. Straight from the Hills Fooled tech vlog, we are thrilled to be joined today by Hillel Fool. Thank you so much. How are you? Thank you. A few corrections. Okay. First of all, I live in Pichanash. Ah, really? I have family in So Gush your Wikipedia Zion. page is wrong. Really? You have a Wikipedia page, by I do, the way. But yeah. I, uh, really? Yeah, I think it says it's, I live in Gushetzion? Maybe I, My maybe brother I lives in Gushetzion. All right, we'll get there. We'll get there. I okay. live in Bichemish. Uh That's first of all. Second of all, wow, we're going to pull the WeWork car right out the gate? We yeah. Are, we're we jumping are. right in? Rating right in. We're going right to get you some scoops today, okay? Because I, I have like a very unpopular opinion about WeWork. Okay. Really? Want to get into it? Yeah. 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 Are we sure about this? Yeah. Okay, so I think the whole thing is one big like press lynch, and it is the ugly side of the internet. Really? Yeah. Have you ever met Adam Newman? No, okay. no. By far the most impressive CEO I ever met in my life. Like, not, like, so then how do you explain? Like, the... like, like I have a man crush on that guy. Okay, because he's a guru. He has a guru. No, so let, let's just. I'm gonna. I, like, I've been. I, I honestly, I'm telling you guys the truth. I didn't know you were gonna bring this up, but I, I've been like sitting on this for a couple of days now. <laughs> should I do? Should I? Should I even open that? Can- I, I wrote on on Facebook. I wrote, "Is WeWork a tech company? Is the new? Is there an, a god? Because everyone has an opinion and nobody knows anything. So let's just. Let's just." Let's yeah, just, let's just, let's just go. Let's dive in. Okay, so let me let me hit you with like the what I see as the hard like how do you explain so the two worst things I heard was one that he basically sold his company the Stock. name no oh, we, the name the we company yeah, for like six million and yeah. the end it didn't go through but he tried to like basically get a payday and the fact that he sits on both sides of lease agreement. Okay, so. Uh, how much time do we have to talk about Infinite. this? Infinite. Okay, so I'll, just, I'll just tell you right now, I totally don't agree with any of it. So let's, let's a disclaimer. Okay, disclaimer is he made a lot of stupid decisions. Okay, it was, it's stupid to cash out at $700 million pre-IPO. That's not a good move. I don't know who approved that move. Bad move. Uh, you know, buying the, the Wii trademark and selling it to your own company, bad move. Let's even say, I'll even go a little farther and say shady move. And that's where it ends. Adam Newman, by far, is the most impressive CEO I've ever met in my life. I've met one or two CEOs in my life. By far, the most impressive CEO I've ever met in my life. One, two, even if you want to say it's not a tech company, which we'll address in a second, okay, so it's the fastest growing real estate company in history by a 7,000% margin. So the guy is scaling like there's no bit, no one's business, and he's a scam artist like that. That's On what people paper, are saying. it was. What do you mean? He owns property. He's he's renting out space. Like he He's the biggest real estate you know, property owner in New York. Fact. It's not owning if you, for, it's renting. For, no, but I'm saying as a landlord, a person renting out his office space, first of all, he does own buildings, but that's a topic for another time. Irrelevant of that, though, what he's done in terms of scaling that business, even if it's not a tech company, let's put aside the whole discussion, tech company, real estate company. 
it's a it's a company growing at unbelievable like pace. Like n- the real estate world has never seen anything like that. That's number one. Number two, and let's just I'm gonna I'm gonna dumb this down for our listeners here and maybe oversimplify a little bit, but bear with me. When I'm building a lemonade stand, I'm six years old and I'm building a lemonade stand. I need to now go buy a tablecloth. I need to go buy lemonade. I need to buy water, right? I need to buy a sign. I need to make buy markers to write the sign. All of those things are expenses. I now am going out and buying those things, and that means that for my business, the lemonade stand, I'm losing money right now. I'm not making a dime. I'm losing money. When I make money, it's much, much, much later. For the first 50 cups of lemonade, I'm just trying to break even. Cup 51, now I'm making a profit. When WeWork took Red Hot Chili Peppers for their offsite for all their employees, the internet went crazy. Oh my God, they're spending all this money. They're losing billions. They're investing in human capital. They're investing in the business. They're not losing money. Amazon didn't make money profit till five years ago. Uber is bleeding money. Airbnb, none of these guys are making money. When Facebook IPO, they weren't making money. I remember standing literally on Shabbat in synagogue and a very smart person, and I don't say that you know, sarcastically, said to me, I will not buy Facebook stock. And I was like, why, why not? And he goes, because they're not, they don't know how to monetize. I said to him, are you like actually smoking something? Do you know how, do you know how many users they have? Like you can't not monetize 2 billion users. Zuck will flip, flip the switch on monetization and he'll monetize. And, and there's stories of the early days of Facebook where like employees would say to Zuckerberg like, I know how to monetize this thing. Here's what we need to do. And Zuck stood up at the whiteboard and wrote on the board one word, growth. That's our focus right now. We're focused on expansion, on growth. When we grow fast enough and we're big enough, we'll flip the switch on monetization. But Every I, business I, loses. I get Every that. Business. I get that. Even like I was watching a few interviews, even Netflix was uh, losing, wasn't wasn't profitable pre their IPO. I mean, there's a, you don't have to be profitable as a company. If you focus on growth, then you can reinvest your capital and obviously you're not profitable. And that's fine. But you can't ignore the fact that Adam knew... knew Newman. Newman. Yeah, Newman. Yeah. I can't pronounce it. He's, he's got so many like extra Street. letters. Newman in English. Newman. Yeah, yeah but he's got so many extra letters. You're not yeah. sure if it's Neumann. Yeah. Um, anyway, so um, you can't ignore the fact that he seems a bit megalomaniac. I mean, and like. What was Steve Jobs? Yeah, also, okay. I'm, not a, I'm not necessarily well, he's a fan dead of Steve now. Jobs. Yeah, but you know, Steve Jobs, you know, they know they pulled <laughs> the same trick on Steve Jobs, right? They outed him of him from his company. He came back and revived but Apple. Steve Jobs was kind of a cult leader. I mean, so was Adam Newman, dude. You, again, exactly. I'm One is in the grave. From not taking treatment for cancer, and the other is has ruined his own company. Uh, well, well, I think we'll wait and see what happens because I'm not so convinced. Again, they outed Steve Jobs. And oh, he Steve came is back. not going out of the grave. No, no but I, 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 I think that he's definitely going to be like in the in the you know business uh, uh, curriculum, like in in schools. They're going to study right, him. That's for, for sure. But for let me just clear up a couple time, of things. But, First of all, the comparison between what was her name, Elizabeth Holmes. Is that her name? The woman who, the Theranus, the, the scam artist who scammed all Silicon Valley with the blood testing thing? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah Elizabeth Holmes. The comparison Holmes. Between, between Adam Newman and Elizabeth Holmes is ludicrous. Like, again. Who compared see, them? Oh, there's articles yeah. all over the internet saying he's a scam artist. Like, that is ridiculous. Objectively, undeniably, a, yeah. an incredible visionary who built the most phenomenal company in the real estate world. Objectively, that's just a fact. Like, that's number one. Number two. The world's most sophisticated technology investors poured billions into this company. So they're idiots. So we're also smart and they're idiots. Okay, that's highly unlikely. Fine, put that aside. Numbers show that, like, you can't argue with numbers. Sorry. What do you mean numbers? Like that it crashed? Yeah. We'll address that in a second. Third thing I'll say is the whole debate of technology. Like, what is Facebook? Facebook is disrupting communication. So it's a communication company? No, it's a technology company that is taking technology and using it to disrupt communication. What's Airbnb, a hospitality company? It's a technology company that's disrupting hospitality. What is Uber, a transportation company? It's ridiculous. 
We work as a technology company. How do I know that? Because you can't scale a business that fast without technology, one. And two, look at their, look at their technologists. Look at their team. Ron Gura, you don't get much more deep technology than that. They have thousands of engineers building incredible technology. What's WeWork's technology? So, the, the, first of all, there's the app, just in terms of the network, in terms of... You know, What's Uber's technology? It's an app, right? It's a, it's a network of drivers. It's a network they of- They have algorithms. You think, you don't think WeWork has algorithms? Trust, I mean, you know Rongura. I mean, he's, you, you guys know Rongura? No. I know the name. I mean, Ayagura's brother. You know, Ayal from Zebra Medical. These no. guys are like freaking, you know, Miss B's was just sold this week. That's Ayal's wife. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Okay. They're like a family of brilliant technologists. And Ron's just an amazing, that's just one example. They have thousands of engineers. I mean, their CTO, I met, he, they're, you know, they're just- It's so ama- easy to compete with WeWork though. Oh, it is so not though. There's a reason that they completely, you know, name another company that became a like a verb that fast. Like, WeWork became the standard. The, of the brand like, is huge, right? But it's not just a brand. But, I mean, it, again, without getting into deep like proprietary technology, because truth be told, I don't know their technology because I'm not involved in the technology side of things. But the fact is, a there's the app, and people don't know this. By the way, I just want full disclosure. When I joined WeWork, one of the first in Israel when they came here, I literally said to one of their investors, who shall remain unnamed, "Why are you invested in this company?" This is a real estate company, and this is what I, I probably have that message years and years ago. He said to me, "Join, join WeWork, become a member, and then talk to me about whether you think it's a, it's a no." So I, 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 I'm not, I'm not the whole comparison to uh, Emily Holmes or Elizabeth, yeah. Elizabeth Holmes. I, I, yeah, I'm not saying that he did nothing or that he's a scam artist. That many that, are saying that. Uh, so then that that might Silly. be problematic. But right. there is something kind of uh, I don't know, like. Uh, there, there's something shady, like you said, okay. about him. Very shady. You can be an amazing tech innovator, and you can create uh, incredible things, man. and did still you, be kind of did a, you read the book about a crappy Steve Jobs? dude. No, nope. read the book about Steve Jobs. Like Steve Jobs was a demented human being. Sorry, I don't have a better word. He, like he had what do they say? Reality distortion field. Like he saw things differently than other human beings. Like he'll be looking at something that's black, and he'll be like, "That is not black. That's white." Like he was not. No, he was not all there. Steve Jobs. You got to be not all there to to build what Steve Jobs built. By the way. I'm not, I'm not comparing the two, but I'm just saying Adam Newman is, one, a brilliantly charismatic CEO, an unbelievable leader that, that created a movement. I don't, like, I don't know what else to call it. He defined a market. You know, people say— But he failed. It's too early, dude. This just happened. Give me some time. Hold on. He, by the way, failed? Can we just address that? You know, Can we just know, address that word for one second? He just cashed out at $1.7 billion. I don't know what you call calling failure. That's, 1. The, 7- that's the shady part. You know who else dude, owns Soft a lot Bank, of— you know Guys, who? SoftBank paid him one— SoftBank, we're not. Who, you guys are like. What do you? These guys are brilliant people. Like Benchmark, these guys are like the world's top investors. I mean, I, I, I'm not so quick to say he failed, but that aside, maybe call it fine. WeWorks, you know, the valuation went down. But let's talk about valuations. What is a valuation? And this is not me saying this. Elon Musk said this. Like when people ask, why is Tesla valued at 80 times more, whatever the number is, more than GM when GM is selling a thousand times more cars? And Elon Musk tweeted, and he's right, that valuations are not based on revenue. Valuations are based on projections and dreams, right? And Adam Newman had a big dream, and people bought it, and not just people. And, and another thing, there was full transparency here. What did they invest in, his dreams and his charisma? No, they saw the papers. They saw the numbers. He's making billions of dollars. Yes, he's not making billions of dollars in profit, but when, when he was in Israel and he gave this talk and someone in the crowd said to him, Adam, when are you going to turn a profit? Legitimate question. He, he said something that, to me, could not have been, he couldn't have said it better. He said, profit? Tomorrow I'll turn a profit if I want. I'll just put the brakes on expansion, stop growing so fast, stop buying up properties and renting out properties at, at the pace that I'm doing it, and I'll be profitable tomorrow. But I'm not. I'm focused on expansion, which, again, you can debate. But that's every company in history. No company has ever become profitable without so losing. let me ask, why did the valuation drop from 70 bill, no, right? 40, I think 47. 47 bill. To 
to now five. A, no, but that, no, 15, what's it now? 10, 15. Yeah, so, okay, maybe so seven or again, eight. let's put that in perspective. It's still a $10 billion company, so nice failure there. Um, but, I mean, listen, I think there's a lot of different factors here. I think, you know, he for sure 100% made a mistake, not him, whoever wrote those freaking IPO papers, was <laughs> like smoking crack or something. I don't know what, what they were thinking. Because, again, they didn't even address technology. They didn't address, they addressed, like, making the world a better place, raising, raising people's consciousness. It's like, what is that? That's crazy, number one. Number two, he made a lot of mistakes. The 700 million cash out was insane. The, you know, the, the weed trademark, insane. Like, he did things that were just stupid. Plain out stupid, right? I'm not going to take that away from him. I mean, it was just a lot of bad moves. <laughs> he might want you to. Yeah. <laughs> but the reality is he built an incredible, incredible company. By the way, when, when people talk about Uber, right? They talk about all the investors that said no to Travis, right? The ex-CEO of Uber. Someone said, I don't remember who said it, but it's, it's spot on. He said, the people that didn't invest in Uber, they didn't miss out on an opportunity. They missed out on a market because Uber defined a market, right? And then the rest followed. Right. Same thing with WeWork. Like, this is, he created, again, a movement, a revolution. Same thing with Nokia. Correct. And blueberry. Blueberry. Blackberry. Blackberry. Yeah. I mean, I like blueberries. Yeah. When are we getting blueberries should've, in this country? Should have. <laughs> you have them in the free. I, I was a big. Freezer. I was a big blackberry guy. But anyway, my point. By the way, this is the you most. You know what I'm eight, saying, though? Yeah, hundred so, percent. This I is mean, the most ADD cool. conversation ever. I love it. <laughs> That's uh, because I put two sugars in your yeah, coffee. Yeah, I love it. Uh, but I, but I will say though that I, I fundamentally I think and and again we can talk about this for hours. But I think that what the press did to Adam Newman, like again, the fact that people are comparing him to like a scam artist is crazy, and I think the press went completely it's disproportionate to, the, to what he did or didn't do um and whether or not this company will fail or succeed is yet to be seen he definitely did not fail by any means 1.7 billion dollars built a movement you know again forget the bad press i'm sure he doesn't care about the bad press and cherry on top is did you know that he and now he's a religious jew what yeah, yeah. That's, every that's why you like him yeah I, I, i'm not <laughs> guys i'm not kidding all jokes aside i promise you when I heard him speak, my jaw was on the floor. I was like, this guy is a different level. He's brilliant. He like, just the, like all cult leaders. Okay. You know who else you started a, a, you know who else CEO, started a, a movement leader. and owns a lot of real estate around the world? Who? Jesus. And also L. Ron Hubbard. <laughs> so. I, just, I just want to tell you guys something. Let me tell you something. I studied political science, right? And I, I'm not joking. I remember one of the first lectures. This is like a real thing. One of the first lectures that I remember the name of the professor, actually. I'm not kidding. He was talking to us about leaders, and he was saying that there are different types of leaders. One type of leader is what he called the charismatic leader. And I think this is like a real political philosophy. I don't know the, the, the source, but that a charismatic leader, the characteristics of a charismatic leader are that their charisma and their leadership and their, let's call it, I don't know you want to call it a cult or following, knows no bounds. So like a charismatic leader would tell you, sorry to be such a downer so early in the morning, go kill six million people and I will do it because – Heil Hitler, right? A charismatic leader, this is a very bad segue and transition, you'll forgive me. A charismatic leader will die and you'll have millions of Hasidic Jews going around the world, saying, not millions, sorry, thousands going around the world saying he's still alive because, okay, he could be dead in the ground but the Chabad will still say he's alive or that he's Mashiach, right? Because his charisma knows no bounds, right? And at the end of the day, charisma is a very powerful thing. You bring people, you know, and that was a really bad comparison. I'm not comparing the, the Lubavitcher Rebbe to Hitler, God forbid. <laughs> right. God that's forbid. The one's that's that's the one's a dictatorship, one's a cult. Right, so. no, but my I point think we is, have a title for the episode. No, do not call yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> my point is, though, like a charismatic leader is able to, you know, bring people behind them and, and, and knows no bounds. You People believe in your vision. And, that's and by the scary. Way, yes and no. Yes me. and no. You know, many, many, many smart investors like Mark Andreessen, by the way, from Andreessen Horowitz, I believe the name of the article, if I'm not mistaken, is on a mission, I think. But Michael Eisenberg has written about this. Like, they're looking for entrepreneurs who are on a mission. They're not, like, if, if an entrepreneur comes into Andreessen Horowitz, like the world's top VC, and says, 
here's what I'm building. Here's how I'm going to monetize. Like in the first meeting, that meeting's over. Like that's, we're not looking, like we're not looking for a short, if, if, a, if an entrepreneur comes into the office and says, here's what I'm building, here's my mission, here's how I'm going to change the world, the question of how we're going to make money literally doesn't even come up until like the third, fourth meeting. In my opinion, that's what differentiates, you know, the winners and the losers. Like anybody could turn a profit. I could open a falafel stand downstairs and I'll turn a profit. You want to build a movement, you want to change the world, you got to do crazy things like Adam Newman, Steve Jobs, and the rest of them. I'm not making the comparison, but I, I think it's wrong. That's what I'm saying. I think it's wrong. I think WeWork is a phenomenal company, a phenomenon. And I think Adam Newman is one of the most brilliant people I've ever met in my life. He made mistakes, but I think what they did to him is completely unjustified. Amazing. We've always been waiting for a scoop. We've always been pushing our guests to get a scoop out of them, and I think we finally got that scoop. So the correct answer to all of that was for you to say, why don't you just tell us how you really think? <laughs> <laughs> so since this episode's so ADD, we're going to talk quickly about our sponsorship with uh, or our collaboration with The Chosen One. Guys, check them out, thechosenonegame.com. The Chosen One game, it's an awesome question-answer card game that basically just match them up, and they're hilarious, and it's great for families above Jewish 18. Families, Jewish mainly. families that are all above 18. No kids. 17. 17. 17, it says on the box. So we're going to play a little round real and, quick. And you got to go to the website and put the code. Uh, yeah, we have a code, 2NJB.com. No. Uh, sorry, 2NJB, just 2NJB, yeah. the number 2NJB. Or the link get a on discount. our website. Uh, you can go to our website and use the link. So... So let's let's try a few rounds. Here, you have Basically, a few cards you, here. I'll, I'll read a question and then you pick just one of your answers. Okay, yeah, so whichever white, one you blue. Think I don't understand. You, you, ch- you pick the blue one. Yeah, you pick a blue. It's the answer, and white is the question. So. My favorite part about being Jewish. People not giving a beep about your bar mitzvah because it's not a bar mitzvah. I don't understand. Okay. <laughs> I don't understand. My grandmother won't talk to me after. Okay, what is going on with this game? This is like R-rated stuff. <laughs> Erections that last longer than four hours. That's super awkward, by the way. Wow. It's really awkward since your grandmother won't talk to me after it. My grandmother won't talk to me after it. Okay, we just can't get over. Scalping high holiday tickets. This is the most bizarre game <laughs> you, ever. You bring us a question. Okay, here's a question. When Zadie was young, he loved? Blintz de la Cheese. All right. Ron Jeremy's Fluffer. <laughs> I mean, it's here. Hit us up. Hit us up. We told you it's 17 Why I'm going to hell. Why I'm going to hell. Mixing up Mel Brooks and Mel Gibson. (laughs) That'll do the job. (laughs) Okay. Got it, guys. guys. It's hilarious. It's so much fun. Especially on Shabbat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you got to get this game. Thechosenonegame.com. Okay, so we want to hear a bit about, like, the most amazing startup you've heard about recently that no one else has. Quirky, unknown, Israeli. Wow. It's going to break, going to be the re- the next disruption. Okay, so I mean from from I'll, I'll answer um I'll, I'll answer your question but first I'll give a um, a little bit of background. Yeah. So first of all, I don't even know do your listeners know anything about me. Well, they I know mean, what we said in the intro which okay. wasn't much, but yeah. All right, it doesn't matter. Point is, I see a lot of startups. That's that's the important thing. Why? How how come? Um many years ago, it's I sound so old when I say that. I don't know, like 15 years ago, I'm sitting at my first job, bored out of my freaking mind. I'm a, I'm a technical writer. So the guys who write the user guides you get with your iPhone that no one ever reads. So I was the guy who wrote them. Good times. Uh, and I'm like, this is crazy. I love technology. This is not what I should be doing with my time. And I just opened up the internet and I started writing my thoughts, like my ideas on paper, quote unquote, in WordPress. Uh, I didn't call it a blog because that wasn't a thing. Nobody was blogging 15 years ago. Um, nobody understood what I was doing. I didn't understand what I was doing, to be, to- like, to be truthful. Like, I, people were like, what is this thing? Like, at least put ads on and make some money. I'm like, I, this is like a diary for me. But then startups started to reach out. They read my articles, came across them through Google or whatever. This was pre-social media. And they'd be like, listen, we read your article on trends and technology. We'd love to meet you. 
And I was like, why? I'm like, you're a CEO <laughs> of a company. I'm some random dude writing my thoughts on, like, why do you want to meet me? But, like, you know, we liked your perspective. Let's meet. I was like, all right. So I meet, I meet the CEO, and I'm like, what are you building? Like, pitch me on your product. And I, and I like I realized that there's there's a major gap, a major problem here, which is that I'm meeting these people who are building incredibly impressive technology, but when it comes to communication or anything to do with taking that technology and turning it into a sustainable business, they had no clue. Like I, I could tell you stories you wouldn't even believe. Like literally, couldn't even pitch what they were doing. And then I'd say to them, "Who are your competitors?" And they'd say, "We have none." And I'm like, "You're a fool." Like, of course you have competitors. And then I'd say, "You know, what's your go to market? Right? You have this technology, you have this product. How are you gonna get into the hands of consumers?" And I heard the most ridiculous answers you wouldn't even believe. And so I'm, I'm like having lunch with this entrepreneur and just helping. And again, I didn't study technology. I studied political science. But I guess maybe it's the American kind of, I don't know. I, I can't even explain it to you. I mean, I, Yeah, where did you get this perspective? Like where honestly, did you get this understanding? Of- what is the difference? And now I'm getting all philosophical on you guys. It's really early <laughs> in the morning. But the difference from my perspective between sales and marketing, right? Think about it. Sales and marketing both need to sell something at the end of the day. So what's the difference between, you know, I'm not talking about the tactical difference, right? One's short term, one's long term. There are other tactical differences. But the fundamental difference, in my opinion, is one word. One word that does not exist in Hebrew. Difference between? Sales and marketing. And I'm not talking about like, ad, like performance marketing, just marketing. What, what Red Bull does, jumping out of planes, right? At the end, that sells drinks. Mm-hmm. So the difference, in my opinion, between- Storytelling. Right, but, what, but again, it has to sell. So what's the difference? How do you define that difference? In my opinion, it's one word that does not exist in Hebrew. Okay. Subtlety. Subtlety, being subtle. In Hebrew, it's meudan is the closest word, but it doesn't really translate perfectly. I guess it's close, which is- I'm not making the decision for you. If I sell you something, and again, I'm, I'm obviously oversimplifying, right? But if I'm selling you something, number one, I'm, hey, buy my product, right? You know you're being sold to. Whereas when I watch you know, Red Bull jumping out of planes, I don't feel like they're trying to sell me a drink. The word beverage doesn't even appear on Red Bull's website. Like, they're not selling me anything. I'm gonna go buy their drink. And when I think of energy drink, Red Bull's the only company that comes to mind. They're the only brand that's relevant. But they didn't shove that down my throat. It's about subtlety, right? So maybe... As an American, I'm, I've kind of had that innately, mm-hmm. as opposed to Israelis, which don't. We're not subtle people in Israel, to say the least. <laughs> um, and so, for me, it was it was just second, like kind of obvious and second nature. I'll just give you one example, just so we don't keep it super abstract. I met with a company many years ago who had an app that organizes my pictures, like on my phone when I want to find a picture. As you know, it's a it's a whole mess. So they have an app that organizes my pictures. Super, like if I'd say to, say to any normal person, like my kid. Pitch me on an app that organizes your pictures. You'd be like, okay, well, your pictures are a mess. We solved that. Super simple, right? doesn't get much simpler than that. Like a really, really, really good guy. The CEO is amazing, right? I said to him, what do you do? And this is literally what he said to me, like a direct quote. He said to me, we've developed an algorithm that analyzes the metadata of your photos and organizes them based on geolocation. Because these people are usually nerds and geeks. Right, but I was like, I was right? like, dude, what did you just say? Like, <laughs> what language are you talking? He goes, I don't understand. He's like, that's what we do. I'm like, that is not what you do. That's what you built. What do you do? And he couldn't tell me. And mm-hmm. I was like, listen, Waze replaced maps. Instagram replaced the camera. You replaced the gallery. He's like, oh my God, how did I think of that? And that's like, I mean, to me it was, again, I never studied so it. So like, but... don't, you're like Don Draper for startups. I'll take it, but okay. <laughs> anyway, point is, I, over the years I just tried to help. And I'm, I, here's the crazy part. The crazy part is that this wasn't a business for me, ever. Like I never, I never came to a company that said pay me. But I'm, I'm wearing, you guys, well, I guess you could see, I'm wearing a Flipboard t-shirt, right? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take my phone right now and read you an email. So, um, I, I don't know if what, you guys know Flipboard. Yeah, what is Flipboard? So Flipboard's an app, um, iPhone. I mean Android also, but they came out on the iPad first. It's basically to consume like news instead of Content. going to Safari, whatever. You could just you flip through whatever. It's a beautiful app. It's objectively like a beautiful experience. 
Um, and when they came out on the iPad, I was like, okay, this is the reason the iPad was created. This is like a beautiful mm -hmm. user experience. And so I started to use it and I started, I loved it. So I started to promote it. I started to write about it. Started to send, I connected with the CEO, Mike McHugh on Twitter, started to send him Israeli startups that could be relevant. Flew out to Silicon Valley, sat with the team, told them how to optimize the product as, a, as like a power user. I was like, this is what you need to do. I just, I just did my thing. Like I was very engaged with them. And I'm telling you guys something. The thought of asking Flipboard for something did not even cross my mind. Like who the heck am I? Like multi-billion dollar company in Silicon Valley, and I'm some dude in Beit Shemesh. Like, what? I'm, I didn't ask them for anything. It didn't even cross my mind. But you spent all this time. And yeah, money because I love the effort. product, and I wanted to help them. That was it. I'm okay. telling you. Like, so I'm sitting at home one day, and I get the following email from the CEO of Flipboard. Hello, I won't ever forget your enduring support for what we've been building over the years. And I'm like, okay, that's really nice of him to thank me. And then he goes, it's time we got you some stock and asked you to be a formal advisor. I know you wouldn't ask for this, but it's the right thing to do. I hope you'll accept. We are only just beginning, and I can really use your advice when you have the time. So I joined them as an advisor. That email is just one example of 40 emails that have come in over the years of companies that I helped. Just like, I don't know, they need press. So I write for TechCrunch. I connected them to TechCrunch and they got press. You know, they need an investor. Okay, you know, Michael's a childhood friend of mine, Michael Eisenberg. So I sent him a deck and they invested her. Gigi Levy. You, you, you know. focused on growth. I, I, I'd like, I, I'll take it, but no, I didn't. I, to be honest, I'm telling you the truth. Like I, it, I didn't know what was going to happen. This wasn't like a strategy of mine. Mm -hmm. I had a job. And I just figured if I can help people, great. And what I learned over the years, now again, sorry to get so philosophical, but what I've learned over the years, and this is really actually a valuable lesson, that I think, I'm saying this with humility, whoever is listening, no matter how successful they are and what they've done in life, I believe this is a lesson anyone can learn from, is that business is not a zero-sum game. What do I mean? Generally, traditionally, people think, you know, I'm paying you money. I need to take money out of my pocket and pay you. So I'm losing, you're gaining. One of us has to lose one of, for the other to gain. Pardon my French, but bullshit. I don't, I don't buy that at all. And, and my career is proof because all I did was give over the years. I'd never asked anyone for anything. But now what I've done, totally accidentally, is built myself a venture capital firm without capital. Right? I have like 35 companies that have come to me and said, listen, let's work together. We already experienced your abilities because you delivered. You didn't promise us anything. You definitely didn't sell us anything. You're not a vendor. You're not an agency. I don't have a team. It's just me. But you know, you did our press. You, did, you, know, you, you invest, introduced us to an investor who wrote a $15 million check. You didn't take a finder's fee. right? But you knew what your work was is worth and yet yeah but i didn't it wasn't a business for me it was never a business for me until it became one so, so basically the business model just to get practical is that you you consult for these companies and they give you shares in the company so now not only shares so now i've let's call it 35 companies that i'm a, a strategic advisor at and let's say 25 27 of them gave me equity and it's like a passive advisory yeah, i'm sure you know many of the companies i'm advising and then another seven, eight of them, depends on the month, I'm a very active advisor at, which means sometimes they don't have a PR agency. I'm their PR agency. Sometimes they don't even have a CMO. Like I do all their marketing. And they can be a retainer. I see. So can you tell us some it's of the cool. companies that you've been consulting sure. for? So Flipboard, obviously. Yeah. Um, so Powtoon right now, Home Talk. Um, right now I just, I'm working with a U.S. college on their two challenges, which is one, relationships with Silicon Valley because they're in San Francisco and they don't have that many relationships, and two, branding. Um, Seatree, an incredible company that uses drones to give farmers better visibility into their trees. Um, cool story, like, I don't know, maybe six, seven months ago, I came across a Facebook ad for a shoe company in Lisbon, Portugal. Custom shoes, and I was like, that's, that's cool. I don't even remember how the original relationship like kicked off, but bottom line is I got in touch with them. CEOs, a guy named Rafik, super, super duper nice guy. Bottom line is they sent me a pair of shoes, I promoted them, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, Twitter exploded. And now I, I, I fled to Lisbon with a couple of quote-unquote influencer friends, another topic we can talk about, which I despise that word. But we flew out to Lisbon, we spent some time with the team, love the company, love the company culture, love the product. I'm wearing their shoes. No, I'm not wearing their shoes right now. Um, and 
yes, I'm getting ready to go to the airport back to Israel. The CEO sits me there and goes, dude, let's, let's, just do, let's just do something together. So I joined them as an advisor. I'm working with them. Uh, there's a whole bunch of companies. I mean, the, the, the more passive advisories, I'm trying to think like Test Ferry, uh, Prove, Intelligo, you um, move Zuta Labs. I don't know. Can, don't you, can you tell us about one Israeli? Powtoon. What's Powtoon? You serious? Pal- I mean, I I've heard, heard about of it. Powtoon oh, is like gracious. promo something. What are yeah, they? Yeah, so they're. There? I mean, they they just passed this week's. This is a scoop. They haven't done the press yet. Seventy million videos created on their platform. They're sitting in Tel Aviv, oh, wow. bootstrapped. They haven't raised any capital. Massive scale. And so it's a platform to create videos. Super simple. Basically, you pay. And I mean, you, they have a pay model, but you can use it for free too. It's like a freemium thing. But they haven't. You, you said they haven't gotten any investment. They didn't, they, they didn't raise cap. I mean, they raised minimal, like family and friends money. So they're making all their money by people yeah. basically buying yeah. uh, the premium. Yeah. Massive scale. Unbelievable company. Wow. Yeah. And it just allows you to create videos yeah. like on the fly. Yep. For anybody. Like not. Yeah. So you don't need technical. You don't need editing abilities. Yeah. It's super simple. And it's, it's amazing. I mean, crazy scale. CEO is like amazing. What's going to be the next Israeli like. Ah, so that brings us back to the question. See that? This is called ADD. Thank you for pulling me back in. <laughs> I'm all over the place. You know, um, you know how many ADDs it t- takes to change a light bulb? How many? Want to go boating? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so, um, yeah. So, uh, to me, as someone who sees, like, let's call it a wider perspective on this thing called Israeli tech, which we should talk about as well, because that's another thing that I think that I have a strong opinion about. Shocker. Um, I think that there's, a, to me, by the way, it's not only Israeli tech, in general tech. What is the most interesting trend to me is the, let's call it, um, I want to say, not the transition is not the right word, but the way humans and computers interact, right? It's changing, right? If you think about it, how is it? Just, Think about this. We don't think about this, but how is it that in 2019, we have autonomous drones, we have self-driving cars, we have cancer, like unbelievable breakthroughs, and we're using a mouse to click on a trackpad to interact with computers. Like, what? Think about that. We're walking in the street, swiping on a screen. Like, yeah, it's better than what we had before, but there's got to be a better way, right? So you look at companies that are changing that, the way we interact with you know, our devices, whether it's Sesame Enable, you guys know those guys? Yep. Sesame Enable, tra- head and eye tracking. Uh, Umove is a company that I mentioned. I'm an advisor there. Also, eye tracking. Google is trying now with Radar on their yeah, new yeah, phone. Yeah, it's eye tracking and, and head tracking. I know that in, um, in the new Pixel. Yeah, the, pix- the new yeah. Pixel. The new Pixel has like, you can do gestures yeah, in there. Yeah, but it's very... It's weird, yeah, yeah. it's weird. Um, but uh, in general, the way we interact with computers, I mean, I, I think that the, I guess the epitome, the climax of that or the... I don't know, the unbelievable company that blew my mind. They're not Israeli, but I guess there's an Israeli connection is Magic Leap, right? Magic Leap is a company that raised more money than any company in history before they even had a product. We're talking $2.5 billion raised. What did they do? So, um, the, first of all, the CEO uh, lives in Florida. He's a religious guy with a black keeper. Seriously. They raised, I mean, you name it. Google invested, Alibaba invested, $2.5 billion with a B invested in the company. I'm not, not, not what they're worth. That's how much money investors put in. Uh-huh. Um, so they opened an R&D center in Israel, and a good friend of mine kind of leads the ecosystem activity, and I went there to try it out because it was like, is this the most hyped company in history? Like, is this BS? Is this actually as good as people say? And I went to ah, tr- it's the glasses, right? It's, might- yeah, it's like goggles. Yeah, I goggles. tried them on, and I did this demo, and oh, my God. Like, literally, oh, my what God. Is it, virtual reality? It's not virtual reality. They call it mixed augmented, reality. They call augmented. it mixed reality. So there's virtual reality. I put a headset on, and I don't see the world. I just right. see my own reality. And then there's augmented reality, which is I see the world, and I augmented another reality on it. This is called mixed reality, where, put it this way, when I took off the goggles, I couldn't differentiate between what was real and what, was, what wasn't real. So, like, he gave me a demo, and I'm not actually, unfortunately, not even allowed to give too many details, but, like, it blew my mind. Like, it bends your mind. Like, you're interacting. You're engaging with virtual things like they're real like to, to every sense you feel but it they want you touch to wear it, you, it 
on the street because that was the whole problem. I mean, no one's going to wear the... these goggles on the street. I'll show you what it looks yeah. like. No one's going to wear the goggles on the street. But like, here, this is this is Magic Leap. You guys can't see, but that's the goggles. Uh-huh. They look like the, uh, the the glasses you wear when you're doing an eye check. Right. I mean, no one's going to wear that on the street. <laughs> but but the point is, what what the, what it does is, it, it just it, it mixes real reality and virtual reality. You, you cannot tell the difference. Like, again, I can't get into too many details because I'm not... But I'm for gaming about. purposes? So that's, that's, the, uh, that's, that's what the big question. That's, okay. the, no, that's the big question. They don't, they don't, I mean, there's a many applications for it. Medical, right? There's there's gaming, there's content in general. Porn. I wasn't going to say it. Um, <laughs> but no, there's a lot of different applications. The question is what they're going to do with it. What's going to be their go-to-market? That's the big question. And that's why many people say it's overhyped because they're, they're not making money yet. It's very early. But, uh, but the, the technology as a technology is mind-blowing. Now, that's my introduction. The answer to your question, which was what's an Israeli company that you never heard of that is unbelievable, is a company that I saw, I have no affiliation with them, um, is called Odyssey. Uh, a guy named Yaakov Kony who works at, uh, at NDS, Cisco, uh, introduced me to them, and I walk into their little kind of stereotypical um, cliche startup office, a little coffee machine, a little corner in Tel Aviv somewhere, and I, I see a room smaller than this room, tiny little room, and I go into this room, and now remember, I'm saying that, uh, there's a reason I'm, I'm focusing on that. This is a tiny little room, and I know that in my brain. I know I'm standing in a room, in a tiny little room. And they put this virtual reality headset on it, and, they, and along with a whole bunch of other things, kit, whatever it may be, and I am now brought into a world, they call it, I think they call it hyper-reality. I don't know what the, the word, the name is, the official name, but bottom line is, I was just transported into another reality where, for example, in one of the scenes, I'm standing on a shaky bridge, and I'm telling you guys, like I physically, physically could not move. I was terrified, shaking, trembling, petrified, like crying, scared. Like it was, I could not tell this. And I knew in my head, I'm standing in a room. I knew I'm standing in a room. Like I walk by a torch and I feel the heat because they have a heater in the room. You know, like they just, they make it um, like all the wow. senses in, like at fully once. Fully immersive. It is, that's a good word, fully immersive. Like you're, I, I took it off and I was like, there is no way, there is no way that I was standing in this room just now. They're like, you didn't move. I was like, shut, like, there's no way. It's completely crazy. Like, everything you think about, like, the way you, you interact with, you know, digital virtual content, forget it. Like, this is just a different level. They're super early. Like, they haven't even raised capital yet. They're, t- they're talking to some big brands in the retail space, but crazy, crazy company. Like, mine's big. Odyssey? Yeah, Odyssey. It's O-D-D-Y-S-Y. All right, guys, pull out your wallets. So is, is, are is, they going is, public? Are they public? No, they're or super, are they, they're private? Brand, uh, super early startup. Uh, so is Israel special? You know, I have friends from the tech industry. They say all this startup nation, it's so over overhyped. In reality, like in Chinese and Indian developers in Silicon Valley, are so there are so many more. There, there are talented developers everywhere. There's, there are great people all over the world. And it's just a branding thing, the startup nation. It's a fraudulent. Okay. All right. Um, what do you say to that? I say the opposite. I say it's actually causing us damage. I say that that's not at all what Israel is anymore. It was Startup Nation. Traditionally speaking, and Mark Andreessen told me this personally when I interviewed him, Mark Andreessen, for those that don't know, invented the modern web browser. He's the founder of Netscape. Now he's a multi-billionaire investing in Andreessen Horowitz, invested in, in Facebook and Twitter and Slack. I mean, he's, I think, objectively the top VC in the world. So I had the chance to interview him, and, and he said Israeli companies sell too early. And we were Startup Nation because we built startups, and we flipped them to Google and Facebook, and that was good for its time, but that's no longer the case at all. And... Is it overhyped? I think it's the opposite. I think that Startup Nation is not at all. We're now a whole different. We've graduated from Startup Nation. And, you know, I don't think this is a theory. I mean, look at the numbers. And no matter how you want to analyze the ecosystem in Israel, let's talk about capital raised. How much capital? This is a real thing, okay? We're talking about a country smaller than New Jersey in the worst neighborhood on earth. 
right? The most unstable region on planet Earth. How much money, and unless you know the statistics, don't say it if you know it, but just guess if you don't know it. How much money was raised in Israeli, uh, Israeli by Israeli startups in this, this month, in October? Throw out, just throw out a number. 20 billion. Come on, stop it. <laughs> what are you saying, 20 billion? You crazy? What? You just ruined my surprise, man. Damn. <laughs> no, okay. be, be realistic. Think, how much money do you think New Jersey raised this month? Uh, startups in New yeah, Jersey? 20 million. In New Jersey, probably. 50 million. I would say 20, 50 million. That's probably right. You know okay. how much money was raised in Israel this month? One month. $1.2 billion. And the month's not over yet. That was close. Dude, that, that doesn't make any sense. 20 it, billion, so close to 20 billion a year. 20 yeah, billion yeah. a year. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Think about that. Israel has every excuse in the book. We're tiny. We're insignificant on the map. We're in the worst. And, and uh, what about in Shenzhen? For comparison, I don't, I dude, don't know. in all of Africa, that much money was raised in a month. All of the entire Africa, we're talking about a country, a speck on the map. Okay, that's just capital. Forget capital. Where's the capital coming from? Name a top tier VC in the world that's not investing in Israel. No such thing. Benchmark, Excel, Lightspeed, Sequoia. The list goes on and on. There's no such thing. Even Andreessen Horowitz, by the way, who has one office in Silicon Valley, and they do not have a second office, like by design. They have a guy on the ground here. They're deploying capital in Israel. They're investing in Israeli startups. You name it. Ashton Kutcher, Sound Ventures in LA. They have a guy on the ground here. They invested in Move It. They invested in several companies here. There's no such thing as a top-tier VC, but forget Silicon Valley. Alibaba, Baidu, these Asian massive companies are pouring money into Israel. There's Alibaba has one strategic partnership in the world with a venture capital firm. One, Jerusalem Venture Partners. Think about that. So that's from the capital perspective. Look at the multinationals. Name a single multinational in the world that doesn't have presence in Israel. Forget presence in Israel. Apple, right? You guys aren't Apple guys. I'm using an iPhone 11 uh, Pro Max. The, the, face, <laughs> the face, it's the worst name ever. Pro right? Max yeah, Ultimate. It's the worst the last ever. device you'll ever Steve need. Jobs is turning over in his grave. But anyway, the, the Face ID. I, lock, I unlock my phone 3,000 times a day. That's an Israeli company, Prime Sense. They developed it. Apple mm-hmm. bought them, right? You look at Microsoft. They're building massive parts of their cloud infrastructure here in Israel. Amazon, we know Amazon, AWS is massive here. Google, when you're using Android, what do you think Android's built? 70% of Android's built here. When you Google something and it says, did you mean this? That's built here. These guys are, every single multinational, not only are they here, but they're building core elements of their experience here in Tel Aviv, this tiny little nothing city. So that's from the multinational's perspective. Then you look at the unicorns. How many multi-billion dollar companies are in this freaking, like, like microscopic country? You'd expect there to be one, two, five. We're talking like 50 Forget, forget Waze and like Mobileye. Look at the companies like, you know, Iron Source. In the world, there's the top ad, you know, the company that's making most money from advertising, Google. After Google, Facebook. After Google and Facebook, Iron Source. True story. Like, it's crazy. I mean, you, there's so many unicorns. You know, Lytrix. You open the app store anywhere in the world, look at the top paid apps in the world. Facetune is like the top five in the world. Sitting in Hebrew University in Jerusalem building that, Right. The list of unicorns, the multi-billion dollar companies in this country is outrageous. So why do you say it's harmful? The because we're not a startup nation. nation anymore. We're not building startups. We're building large, sustainable, successful, scalable businesses. We're looking, you know, how many IPOs are coming now? JFrog is coming. Look at Taboola and Outbrain. It's a $5 billion company. They dominate the internet. Now they just merged, so it's even more dominance. Right? And, and the list, I mean, I can go on. for. Look at, um, you know, what's the glasses that was the, the founder of Mobileye, Orcam. Right? Mm-hmm. These guys are helping blind people see. Multi-billion dollar company. And then you look at companies that are growing and getting there, like AppsFlyer and similar web, and the list goes on for hours. It doesn't make any sense, right? So startup nation's cute 
five years ago. Now we're building many, many, many multi. So how do you explain the success story? Yeah, I'm sure you have some kind of take on uh, I mean, why. Smarter people than myself have have written books about it, obviously. But I mean, there's there's no one answer. I definitely think. Um, listen, there's the military for sure. There's the fact that the government is very, you know, whether it's the chief scientist and things like that, the innovation, what are they called? Uh, the innovation center? No. Yeah, I'm a Dana Rashi. Yeah, what's it called? The innovation I authority. English. Innovation authority. Okay. Like that they're pouring money into companies. That Those are those are nice. Uh, but I, I think if you ask me, I think it comes down to culture. At the end of the day, like... In each one of us, there's an Adam Newman there hiding. Go. There you go. I'll tell you, right? I'll tell you what I think. This is funny. <laughs> I say this as a joke. Not really, though. Right? So you're American, right? Mm-hmm. Are you, are you spend time in America at all? A bit. Where? New York, Washington, okay, so Pittsburgh. Let's put aside New York for one second because New York is like a little bit of a, um, I don't know what to call it, a phenomenon. Philadelphia. Or like a little, right, so yeah. in Philadelphia. I've been in LA. When, you dr- when you're driving on the highway, right, and you want to switch lanes okay, in most never, places in the world, yeah. whatever, it doesn't matter. When you're driving on the highway and you want to switch lanes, you put your blinker on and the person in the next lane slows down and lets you into their lane. Right. What do we do in Israel? Speed up. We speed up. <laughs> It's not a joke. Like we, we and then that causes you not literally to put your I, blinker on. I, I kid you not, five minutes from here, on the way here, I'm, I put on my blinker and this person, and I, I rolled down. I'm like, why did you just do that? You saw me. I wanted to come to your lane. Why would you speed up? And of course, I get, you know, but like it's a real thing, right? And then Hilo got stabbed, and, <laughs> and he's here. He's no longer with us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but like seriously, what, what is that, right? So, you know, when it's when, when it comes to driving, it's not very fun. But when it comes to business, you know, what, what do I always say? In America, like, you ask most people, I would imagine, most normal people, what's the most important thing for you? Like, what do you want it to say in your tombstone? Most normal people would say, I want to be a good person. In Israel, we don't want to be a friar. It's the worst thing to be a friar, right? Yeah. Or a sucker in, in English. Like, it's a real thing. Now, again, when, it's, when, when it comes to driving, that's a bad thing. When it comes to business, we're not letting anyone into our lane. You tell me I can't do something, I'm going to do it. I mean... I addressed some of the components of the ecosystem, but let's just talk about innovation for one second, which drives all this stuff, creativity, out-of-the-box thinking. Israeli entrepreneurs, like, and again, I don't mean to sound cliche, but like, there's no such thing as impossible. Like, think about, think about the, your modern office, right? The office, behind you, you have a desk. You have a computer, you have a monitor, and you have this device that sits by the monitor that's always sat there that we have to use, and it's this old, archaic, like, annoying device to use. It's called a printer, right? No one likes to print, Printing sucks. It hasn't evolved. It's just not a good experience. Like you press print and you hear zoom, zoom, zoom. What is that? Why have we not evolved? The answer is very simple. A printer needs to be the size of a piece of paper. It can't be smaller. There's not much to do there. Comes along a Jerusalem-based entrepreneur, Tuvia Elbaum. He's like, wait a second. Why do you have to put the piece of paper into the printer in the first place? I'm going to build a mobile robotic printer that walks on the paper and prints. Like who even thinks that way? Israeli entrepreneurs <laughs> think that way. That's it. It's psychotic behavior. Like, which, that's amazing. You know, so that's, that's just one example. But you look, I'm, I've been writing this weekly column. It's actually just like a small Indian person. <laughs> that he pays. Native American. And it's scalable because they don't, they don't cost a lot. So it's, it's, you know, look at the medical. I, I, I'll tell you the punchline of what I was about to say in terms of the ecosystem. But I started writing a, like a weekly column that drew some post about impact technology. And I'm telling you guys, I didn't know before, like before I started writing about this, how many impactful companies there were in Israel. I figured like there's probably, I don't know. How do you okay. define impactful? It's very simple. Anybody that's making the world a better place. That's it. Making the world it's a better subjective. place. Subjective. Right. So and that's okay, that's your call. My yeah. call. <laughs> subjective. <laughs> subjective. But I think if you look at the companies that I've covered, you, there's no, it's subjective that they're making the world a better place. But point is, I didn't know how many there were. Okay. You can't even imagine. Like you literally cannot even look at companies like Healthy IO, or Zebra Medical, or all the cancer research. Or like last week, I wrote about a company that takes the insurance tr- companies. That well, that's that's debatable. We can talk about that in a second, but hold on. We'll okay. get back to that. But um, 
No, but like you, last week I wrote about a company that takes trash. And when I say trash, I mean like dirty diapers and chicken wings uh-huh. and turns it into a plastic replacement. Like it's literally saving the world. I'm not, no exaggeration, right? Now insurance companies, you mean like Lemonade and Next? What do you yeah. mean? Yeah, yeah. Why are they making the world a better place? They're making insurance that's, more friendly. Okay, that's great. I'm not belittling that. I love, Well, it's love. subjective. I think... No, but that's not making the world a better place. That doesn't fall... In my humble opinion, that doesn't fall okay. into the category of impact. By the way, I love, love Lemonade. I'm the biggest Lemonade fanboy. I'm close with the team, Daniel and Shai. And yeah, they're amazing people. But they're insuring people. Okay, that's great. accessible, affordable that, way. No, that's, that's great. I'm not, I'm not belittling that, but yeah. I, I don't think that that's... In my humble opinion, it doesn't fall under impact. I don't think they would call themselves impact technology either. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But um, my point is there's so many... Inc- I mean, I had the chance to sit with a guy... So how do you? That's actually interesting. How do you define impact? Like, how do you define making the world a better place? I, I don't. I, I never actually sat and made a definition. It's the a co- gut. the it's companies gut. that I've covered, you look at the J post, you'll see there, there's no debating it. Like, there's no debate. Cancer research, cancer treatments. Um, you know, I'm, I'm like saving medical, lives. Unbelievable stuff. Yeah, it's not all medical, but yeah. I had a chance to sit with a guy named Dr. Rick Klausner, who was the director of the National Cancer Institute of America. He was the guy that every president of the United States came to and said, "Here's a blank check." Go cure cancer. He managed more cancer research money than anyone in the world. He left the Cancer Institute and he joined an Israeli company as a chairman. And I had a chance to sit with him. And, I, and it's on YouTube. You can watch this. That's why I feel comfortable saying it. Otherwise, I wouldn't feel comfortable saying it. What's his name again? Rick Klausner. Rick Dr. Klausner. Rick Klausner. Uh, I asked him a question that I'm sure many of you know, your listeners have asked themselves, which is, with all this technology, how have we not cracked cancer? How is cancer still a thing? How are people dropping dead like flies from cancer? And he said, we actually have cracked cancer. He said, many types of cancer we've actually cured in the labs. Some of them are not FDA approved yet. Some of them are not commercial yet. But many types of cancer, like leukemia, and again, the only reason I feel comfortable saying this is because you can watch him say it. Uh, Many types of cancer, like leukemia, are cured, like medically cured. And then he started to tell me where all these treatments and cures were developed, and they're all in Israel, every single one of them. It's, It's wild. You know, it's just an example. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we say a light unto the nations. I don't know what that means. From my perspective, like, yeah, all the multinationals and the billion-dollar companies and the capital flowing stuff is great. I'm not belittling that. But the fact that we're genuinely, legitimately making the world a better place, there's no debating that. Like, Israeli technology is making the world a better place. To me, that's, like, the biggest source of pride and and the biggest sign that this ecosystem is actually maturing and becoming something well far beyond startup nation. In the bit time that we have left. Wow, time flies when you're having fun, man. Holy smokes. (laughs) Uh, thanks. Let's talk. Uh, let's change the subject a little bit. It's it's one year anniver- anniversary right now yep. since your fa- uh, your brother's murder. Uh, murder. Yeah. yeah. Can you tell Ari us a little bit yeah. about him? Um, so Ari. So I'm one. I'm one of five brothers. Um, we grew up in New York and Queens. Uh, Ari picked up before we moved to Israel. Moved here by himself. Um, and he slowly became this like mega, mega, mega online Israel advocate. And a year ago, a year and a week ago, about he was walking on a Friday, on a Sunday, sorry, uh, shopping, and a 16-year-old Palestinian kid stabbed him in a main artery and, yeah, and murdered him. Um, you know, it's it's been a rough year. Um, I mean, wasn't listen, he able to disable yeah, the terrorist? Before? Yeah, yeah. So he had a, had a knife in his main artery, and he had no blood in his veins at that point. He was basically dead. But in his last breath or whatever, he didn't even have any breath. I don't even. I don't, the doctors can't really explain this. He ran after the guy, he, like 60 meters, jumped over a fence and shot him. Didn't kill him, but he, the guy was chasing his next victim with a massive knife, so he saved lives in his last breath, which is unbelievable. It's amazing. Yeah, I mean, he, he literally died a hero, and he became a national hero, like officially the state of Israel. But um, 
So at the end of the day, you know, it's it's actually not. I know it sounded like a super sharp transition from tech to that, but there's actually a very clear segue. So I'm saving you. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> Thanks. There is there is a very strong connection because I think you know over the years I would wake up at three o'clock in the morning and I'd see Ari like debating some anti-Semite or some Israel hater, and I'd be like, Ari, what are you doing? Like, go to sleep. What's wrong with you? You're not going to convince him. And he like didn't he didn't like want to hear it. Like he was like, what are you, like what are you talking about? What I understood after his murder was that he wasn't actually trying to debate that person or convince that person. It was the thousands and tens of thousands, probably more, of people that were watching that dialogue from the side that were 100% convinced because of Ari's, um, let's call it, conviction and, and integrity and truth, right? Um, and so after his murder, I can, I can, I cannot even tell you. Like thousands and thousands of stories are pouring into my inbox of just like unbelievable stories of like, this guy lived till he was 46 years old. He influenced and impacted millions of lives without an exaggeration. People writing me, I'm Jewish because of Ari. I'm in Israel because of Ari. And I'm like, did you ever meet him? No. Did you ever talk to him? No. But he impacted my life. I had a meeting with a friend of mine at a big tech company, which shall remain unnamed right now. And before the meeting started, she said to me, I have to tell you something. I said, what? She said, the day Ari was murdered, I couldn't come into work. I was like, what do you mean? She goes, I could not stop crying. I was like, did you know him? No. Did you ever talk to him? No. I was like, what? Because he impacted my life. Like thousands of people have told me that. So I think, you know, um, from a, let's go, we talked about, you know, Red Bull. At the end of the day, like one person today on the, plat on the platform that is called the internet, social media, call it whatever you want, you, you, a single individual can impact millions of lives. So I learned that from Ari. You know, we both used the internet. He used it in advocacy. I used it in tech. But it's, Crazy to see what he did in 45 years. Crazy. The cough. <coughs> Edit that out. <laughs> <coughs> Sorry. Yeah. <clears throat> Heavy. Yeah. Yeah. Can we pull but back important. to something good, please? Important. No, I think it yeah. is. It is. Um, it's a crazy story, really. Like, I mean, my family, like, his wife is like a superhero. Like, there, she's. He had uh, wife and like five? Four. Four children. Yeah, it's crazy. It's been, it's been a crazy year. Yeah, how, how are how are they doing? Oh, I mean, surviving. Yeah, be all right. Okay. Okay. Is the baruch? Thanks. Is that we're ending the thing? Really? Sorry. That's how we're ending. No, no. We'll 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 do something. Can talk positive. some more tech, please. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, yeah, people. Yeah. yeah. Tell okay. us about. Okay. So tell us before we go about like some quirky, not necessarily big, but like something, some some interesting startup that you encountered or heard like of, out of this or world, someone something. that you think is promising. Listen, I, I think, you know, one of the biggest challenges um, in today's ecosystem in general in the world is, let's call it innovation. What do I mean by that? I mean, you look at like the Bank of America or Intel or IBM. Those are bad examples. The Bank of America is an example. Um, banks in general, they their struggle is to remain relevant. Like They're like, we're old school. Some are, some are less. TD Bank is less old school, but like a lot of banks are old school. Not only banks, enterprises in general. Enterprises are still behaving like it's 1980. You know, they don't move fast. They're not, you know, like startups. They all want to remain relevant. They all want more innovation, but they don't really know how to like tackle that. They're like, okay, great. So I'm a bank. What am I going to do? Like some use some AI startup that I don't even like give them access to my data. Like that's not, I can't do that. Like, you know, you hear of these, these companies that like their servers go down. You know what, you know what Walmart would lose if their servers went down for 12 seconds, billions, maybe not billions, but hundreds of millions of dollars. Right. So these guys want to do more innovation, but they don't even know how to like, they don't even know how to start that process on the other hand you have thousands millions of startups around the world who are dying to work with the bank of america so both sides here want it they both want to work together they both want to create more innovation but neither side know how to even get started with that so one company that i was working with for a really long time and i love is a company called prove p-r-o-o-v and 
they're deep technologists. The CTO, Alexei, is like crazy, like super smart dude. Um, and Toby, the CEO, also like incredible amount of experience. And they're like, this is a problem we want to crack. So they built a platform that uh, basically enables any enterprise to run a POC, a proof of concept. So if I'm the Bank of America, I'll come to prove and I'll be like, okay, I want to run a POC in AI. So I go shopping, quote unquote, in the marketplace. I find that company looks interesting to me. Then proof says, okay, you want to use that company? No problem. Don't put it on your you know, testing environment and have you know, risk to your data. And your, We'll mirror your testing environment on our cloud, run the entire POC with the same parameters. It looks the same as your, your environment, but it's really on our cloud. It works. You hit deploy and you just ran a POC in a month instead of a year with zero risk to the enterprise. They're working with like thousands of enterprises. I don't even know how many startups by now. Uh, they raised from like Mangrove and Our Crowd and really, really, really amazing company. Um, I think that enterprises are, are really starting to understand the need for innovation. They're just becoming irrelevant. Otherwise, you can't not innovate. So that's a that's a really cool company that comes to mind. It's amazing how niche these like solutions are becoming, like connecting between startups and yeah. But it's not really. I mean, yes and no. I, I hear what you're saying, but it's think about it. It's every enterprise in the world needs. Yeah, but it's not like you know I don't know creating a ride sharing uh, solution or no, but something. It's not consumer. That's, yeah, it's not consumer. It's, but yeah, I mean, just in general, I think like you know, there's I, I can go, I can give three thousand other examples. There's so many companies out there that are solving real freaking problems. Let's give you one more example. Intelligo, also a company I worked with for a really long time. Amazing, amazing CEO. You look at background checks, background checks, right? Everyone needs background checks. You're investing in a company, you need to do background checks. You're hiring an Uber driver, you're Uber, you need to hire a driver, you need to do a background check. You Podcast want to... guests. There you go. You need to bring people into your country, you need to do a background check. The way background checks are done today, you wouldn't even believe. Like, you, 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 I'm doing a back, you give me a name to do a background check, I'll take three months, I'll send you back a 300-page you know, PDF. And you know what? If that guy was accused of sexual harassment, it's on page 299, you will probably not even see it. And if... And even if you do see it, let's say I send you back a background check. You, you, you look at it, you're like, okay, this guy's clean. Great. Now I hire him. Tomorrow, the guy goes and rapes someone. You'll never know. It's not in the background check because the background check happened yesterday. Too ridiculously primitive. So Intelligo basically uses, sorry for the buzzwords, AI, ML, all, all the buzzwords you can imagine, to do ongoing background checks in like a matter of hours, days. All web-based, beautiful interface, like surfs the web, looks for press, looks for, you know, Bankruptcies, lawsuits, anything, accusations, anything, and it's ongoing. It's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, not not in a bad way. It's, you it's care, especially needed. for what, you. What happened done? to the good days where you could hide your crimes? <laughs> we, we, we we went. I went with the CEO to Washington D.C. We met some top government officials. They were like foaming at the mouth. They're like they have a seven hundred fifty thousand person backlog of letting people into America because they're doing background checks like nineteen eighty one. Oh, I thought you meant they were terrified because you're talking to government no, officials. They, no, they're they like, oh, it. no. No, they loved <laughs> it. Like like, we need this thing. Don't worry. They'll never do it on themselves. No, they, they <laughs> it. And listen, C-Tree, I mentioned C-Tree. I'm, I'm an advisor there, but like they're, they're using drones to give farmers. Think about you, the farmers. Like, Agritech is insane. Yeah, here, I think huh? it's huge. Like, you can't, like these farmers, I mean, it's just, they're, they're, like if, if my tree gets infected with something and like it now, you know, infects all my other trees and my crop goes down, I'm dead. That's it. I have nothing. That's it's my life. Mm-hmm. You know how they're checking for like, these these diseases with a ladder and a flashlight. Literally, these farmers are getting up on a ladder with their flashlight and checking their trees. We have incredible uh, phot- photographic avi- abilities. We have drones. We have AI. Why? So these guys, you know, Uri Levine, founder of Waze, invested in these guys, and incredible, incredible, massive, massive growth. Um, and just coming to farmers and saying, we're going to give you much better visibility into your trees and, and their health. Unbelievable stuff. It's just one example. Amazing. I can go on for hours. Incredible. Yeah. So thank you so much, Bilal. How really. can people find you on the web? The internet is my business card. Just Google my name. I don't know. 
Yeah. Okay. I don't Seriously. know. Tw- I'm, you're tw- everywhere though. Twitter, fa- um, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook. I don't you know. Got a Instagram. Yeah, hellofold.com. Yeah. My bad. I guess the best place. Okay. We'll put start. links. Search Before Google. We go. You'll find them. It's easy. Yeah. Yeah. Google me. Before we go. So before we go, we have a collaboration with the Jewish Journal. You've heard of them? Yeah, of course. Right. Jewishjournal.com. Guys, check them out. They got great columns, great podcasts. Shmuel Rosner, David Suisa. Yeah. Check them out. Also, Ritzsheva at IsraelNationalNews.com. Another great uh, news outsource in English. Shout out to Yoni Kapinski. Shout and out. and we uh, we do this on our free time, guys. So uh, if you want to help us out, go to 2NJB.com slash donate and, uh, and help us out. Do it. Anything else we need to plug? Mm, I think I'm all plugged out. Okay. Yeah, you, you, we plugged about like 70 <laughs> different startups this good episode. Stuff. Okay. Good, stuff, good stuff. How do you guys even find me, by the way? Because you, you like reached out through my website. Yeah, we've been on and off for a year almost, I think. Yeah. Really? Um, well, you know. Just from the web. Yeah. Cool. You're known. Nora is like a guru what of you, getting in touch with what do you, what people. Do, you, cool. do we, have, like, are we like, have a hard stop right now? What no. do you guys do? This is what you do for, like, you don't do this for a living. No. No. He's in a startup. I, I work for, you probably heard of them, Intuition Robotics. Shut up. Yeah, Get out of here. I, I love that. I wrote about you guys. I wrote about you in my column. Really? What do you do there? Uh, I'm working as conversational designer, head conversational designer. Oh, my designer. God. We both you know studied film. Uh, intuition is like the old old people robot, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. I, I like you. That. Oh, my God. I, like, I wrote about literally one of the first articles I wrote. So you, you know, know Daphna? Daphna? I know Daphna the, ger- the gerontologist. Uh, Karen Etkin. Yeah, she's no longer, yeah, she's she's no longer there. But Love yeah, her. Oh, my God. A few months ago. Amazing. She's amazing. Yeah, amazing. I think literally one of the first companies I wrote about. Yeah, Crazy yeah. company. Tell the Doing audience what you stuff. do, Aton. So basically, we're we're dealing with what Hillel just talked about, HRI, human robotics interaction, Crazy. human robot interaction. And uh, the main product we have out right now is LEQ. Well, it's not actually out to market yet, but it's LEQ, and it's basically a social companion robot for the elderly to Love help it. them communicate with their family. What do you do there? What's your role there? conversational design so i basically design all the dialogue wow. the character of leq wow so the idea is that like yeah ro- i mean we don't just like you were talking about all this stuff is antiquated so right now we have you know we're supposed to interact with robots in a much more advanced way instead of just swiping our fingers or using right. a mouse we use our voice Amazing. talk to them Amazing. so you, if we're talking do? uh i'm a freelancer in video social media I, and now i do political campaigns mainly you do I did video too. like you edit video what do you do yeah Really? Yeah, but now mainly political campaigns in the last year. I've been, I did uh, BB's two campaigns. Really? And, yeah. Are we allowed to talk about that? I don't know if we should talk about that. Uh, well, you know, <laughs> do you want to go there? Uh, not no, really. Not really. Okay, let's not. Let's <laughs> not. But uh, yeah. Let's just say one. I'll just say one sentence. The political climate today, both in Israel and in the U.S., is, in my opinion, unprecedented and Explosive. very, very dangerous. Yeah. Very, very dangerous. There's no like pro anything. It's only anti everything. You're either pro yeah. or you either, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's the left extreme. Only extreme. It's all only extreme. Anti Trump. There's no, like, this is what I believe in anymore. It's just right. anti this. It drives me crazy. Yep. It really bothers me. Anyway, okay. Yeah. Topic, topic closed. Uh, we want to so keep, we just want to keep our listeners. The, interest, so, no, okay. the interesting thing, though, I think, is that, like, we both learned uh, film in Tel Aviv University. This is where we met and we studied film. And um, from, from film school in Tel Aviv University, some interesting startup. Uh, emerge and I think it's also interesting the fact that no, not all startups in Israel come from Shmona Matayim yeah. and yeah. the IDF. True. Sometimes startups come from the humanities. Not often, though. Uh, not often. Not often enough. But there's a big potential there, I think. And uh, yeah. Cool. Is, yeah. Are you about to pitch a startup? I feel no, like no. About to pitch a startup. I'm counting on you, man. This <laughs> <laughs> was all fun, right. guys. Thank you for having me. Thanks Thank you. for coming. Absolutely. Thanks. All right, guys. Bye. Tune in next week. Bye. Later.